It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. It's time for the ODU Wrestling Monarch Matcast, a show dedicated to all things related to the Old Dominion Wrestling Program. On the web at monarchmatcast.com. Now, here's your host, three-time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, and 2004 ODU alumnus, Jason Bryant. It's the ODU Wrestling Monarch Madcast, episode 62. Jason Bryan here with you as college wrestling season has come and gone. A long season, a moderately successful one for the Old Dominion Wrestling Monarchs, finishing the dual meet season at 9 and 7. Fourth place finish in the MAC, 32nd place finish at the 2019 NCAA Division I Wrestling National Championships, held the fourth weekend in March at PPG Paints Arena. In Pittsburgh, yes, there were plenty of Permanente Brothers sandwiches to be shared all around. And as for the Monarchs, Larry Early hits the podium, finishing eighth at 157 pounds, becoming the 16th individual to become an All-American at the Division One level, the 19th overall, and the 9th on Steve Martin's watch. So just give you an update on how the all-time coaching ranks sit. Uh, as Coach Martin finished up his 15th year, now has a record of 162, 115, and 3 has 54 NCAA qualifiers and now has nine medals on the on the podium there for Old Dominion. By comparison, previous coach Gray Simons finished his 17-year run with a 136-16-2 record, qualified 34, and had four All-Americans. Billy Martin, which is Coach Steve Martin's older brother, was there for one season with 13-11. No All-Americans, uh, no qualifiers. Wade Chalice was at ODU for three seasons with a 42-17-2 and and record, had five NCAA qualifiers and one All-American. And legendary Pete Robinson, who started the program back in 1958, 172, 132, and 7, 15 qualifiers and four All-Americans at the Division I level. Now, during a lot of that time, Old Dominion was Division II. Of course, we know that uh, from the basketball fans out there, 1975 NCAA Division II national champions and uh, a lot of the All-Americans that you see adorning the wrestling facility in which you used to walk through the field house back in the day were a lot of Division II and college division, as it was called, All-Americans. So right now, Coach Martin, just 10 wins away from tying Pete Robinson as the all-time winningest coach in Old Dominion wrestling history. Now, as we get away from the history lesson and talk about the history being made or that was made in Pittsburgh. 
Mikhail McGee, Sedarian Perry, Larry Early all qualified. Kind of a low number despite a, a relatively good season. Antonio Agee was the first alternate. Several wrestlers slowed by injuries throughout the course of the year. That have impacted uh, their runs at the postseason. Uh, you know, Tim Young, he's a guy who came on late, had a really, really rough start to the year, came on late, was very, very, uh, very close to earning a bid out of the 197-pound weight class. Uh, you know, his his second year in the program coming up, I uh, believe you're going to see a a big level cha- level chain, not level chains, that's a wrestling move, a, a jumping of levels for, for Tim Young at 197, and pretty much everybody coming back for the most part. So a lot of youth on this program. Get right into it. Mikhail McGee finished his season 31-6 and six at 125 pounds, came into the tournament as the number 12 seed, reached the, uh, actually had the unenviable task of running into a guy who was on a mission, Jack Mueller from the University of Virginia. Mueller was an eventual finalist in that top half of the bracket, actually knocked off the top seed, Sebastian Rare, in the process. So McGee won by technical fall in the opening round over Jay Schwarm of Northern Iowa. And that match initially had me worried because Schwarm is a dangerous wrestler. He's a guy who likes to pin. He can pin from anywhere. Uh, you know, he could be down in a match. And, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, McGee, super tough. Picked up the technical fall before running into Mueller in round two. Mueller won that one 13-3. On the backside, that means McGee had to win three more matches to become an All-American. He would knock off Cole Werner of Wyoming 6-5, then beat Alex Mackle of Iowa State 8-2, beating a couple of Big 12 opponents. Yes, Wyoming is in the Big 12 for wrestling. Before falling to Pat Glory of Princeton 7-1, Glory would eventually finish 6th at 125 pounds. So right now that means McGee lost to number two and number six. Tough draw. He could, if he's anywhere else in the bracket, I think he's got a pretty good shot at placing, but, uh, you know, Pat Glory just really solid on his feet and a really good performance for McGee finishing in that round of 12, that blood round. So he is just right there next year. He will come in probably preseason national ranked in that top 10 with a good opportunity to, uh, to set his junior up, junior year up well to win. Sidarian Perry, the transfer from a school that shall not be named because that school drops wrestling. You don't get to be talked about anymore. I called it that school in Ypsilanti. Finished 24 and 10 this season. Now, you look at it from the perspective of he was an All-American. What happened? Well, no. Sedarian last year had the tournament of his college career in March. He picked it up. He was under 500 coming in and actually finished under 500 for the season, finishing eighth. Had a great run. Had one win in the opening round over Jamel Morris of NC State, who was the number 14 seed. Uh, Perry was the number 19 seed. Then fell to Nick Lee, the eventual fifth place finisher from Penn State, and then was leading against Matt Finley, got into some situations where some cautions uh, cost him some points, and he, he kind of wrestled from behind, lost to Matt Finley of Utah Valley, who would eventually lose in the blood round. So one and two performance, Sedarian finishes 24 and 10. So you look at it from the scope of, okay, he's a returning All-American, he should have done better. He won 24 matches, that's a career high. So 24 and 10 is a fantastic season for Sedarian Perry. Had wins over All-Americans, including one over Dom Demas from Oklahoma, who finished fourth. So Sedarian's right there. He gets back into it. I think he's a strong threat to All-American next year. Larry Early, on the other hand, finishing eighth. Uh, Larry came to us from the University of Minnesota. He is out of Illinois. We'll, we'll talk to him on this program a little bit uh, here shortly. And Larry opened up with a win over Quincy Monday of Princeton with a major decision. Looked really good on top. Got a couple tilts. Then beat Steve Blyes of Minnesota before falling in the quarterfinals to Tyler Berger of Nebraska, the eventual finalist. He would then beat Justin Thomas of Oklahoma to earn All-American honors and then fell to Ryan Deacon of Northwestern in the Constellation quarterfinals. And then Christian Pagdalau of Arizona State 3-2 in the seventh place match. So that's how Monarch Wrestling wraps up. News coming, and I will allude to this a little bit later in the interview, but we will get to the point that uh, 
The MAC is expanding. The MAC has basically absorbed the Eastern Wrestling League, creating what is currently a 15-team league. So George Mason, Lock Haven, Bloomsburg, Clarion, Ryder, Edinburgh, and Cleveland State are coming into the MAC. Uh, we've already picked up SIU Edwardsville as an affiliate from last season after Northern Iowa left to go to the Big 12. And Little Rock is sitting there in uh, in purgatory, so to speak, as is Long Island University. Uh, expect to see Little Rock join a conference soon. It's it's either going to be uh, the Southern Conference or the MAC. I know they're not looking to go SoCon. The MAC is probably their best option as uh, they were looking to get affiliate membership in the Big 12. That was ultimately shot down by the Big 12 Conference. But Little Rock, a brand new program coached by Neil Ayersman, looking to join the MAC and LIU, which is it's an interesting situation. Long Island University, as you may know. Uh, the the school in Brooklyn, so LIU Brooklyn, is merging their athletics campus with LIU Post, which is out uh, out in Brookville, which is out on Long Island. So both of those schools are combining for one Division One athletics department under the banner of Long Island University. It's a private school, and if if my gut tells me. The way that this school aligns academically and athletically, the EIWA seems to be the most logical fit. There are a lot more private schools in the EIWA compared to the EWL, which, oh, I don't know, has none. They're all public schools in the East, excuse me, in the MAC and the EWL. So when you put all those things together, all the publics versus and then having one private school, it makes more sense for LIU to be in the EIWA, even though it does create a 17 team conference and you have that odd pigtail, so to speak. I like 16 as a round fat number. For a conference, but uh, for a super conference in this respect, Big Ten, for example, uh, its, its name says Big Ten, but it's got 14. We all know that. So that is a situation. What I gather is that the conferences, uh, the, the EWL MAC will be under the MAC banner and it will be divisions with you wrestle your dual meets against the teams in your division and two crossover duels. So I know Old Dominion will want to keep Missouri definitely on the schedule. And I would assume uh, one of the either one of the Ohio schools or Central Michigan, because there's a pretty good rivalry there with Central Michigan, Coach Tom Borelli and such up there. So looking like EWL plus ODU, so we will get George Mason and Ryder as former CAA foes back in the conference. So, uh, you know, good rivalries there. And anytime you want to you pick on Mason, you beat up Mason. That's a good thing if you're an Old Dominion fan. So that's the EWL Mac news. So the EWL, as we know it today, is going away. So all going to be... Under the MAC banner next year. So a big conference. We have yet to see where that conference is going to be. I know centrally located is one thing, but I think Missouri also has fine facilities and, and they've, you know, within an hour drive of hour or so drive to St. Louis. So flights shouldn't be an issue there. But uh, so looking at Lock Haven, Bloomsburg, Clarion, Edinburgh as new conference mates, teams that you've wrestled quite a bit at the Virginia Duels. Good tradition. They are Division II schools that have Division I wrestling programs. So they, they have a lot of... Lockhaven had a really good season. They had a couple of All-Americans this year. Uh, Bloom's seen better days, but they have great tradition. Edinburgh uh, went under, under a coaching change, and they're rebuilding. And, of course, John Hangey at Ryder. I've uh, been a longtime assistant there. He was an All-American there, taking over for Gary Taylor. And uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot about uh, that school in Fairfax. Uh, Cleveland State, Josh Moore, doing a really good job. Matter of fact, his twin brother, Scott, is currently the head coach at Lockhaven. So we inherit a couple more twins in the conference. So other side looking like Missouri, SIUE, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, Buffalo, Kent State, Ohio U, and potentially Little Rock. I do not have anything concrete on Little Rock. That's just, I don't want to use the term reading the tea leaves because it's overused, but, uh, you know, reading the tea leaves, that's what we got. So now we'll talk to Larry Early here on episode 62 of the Old Dominion Monarch Matcast. Now up on the show here on the Monarch Matcast, Larry Early the third. The number three is very important because he's LE3 on Twitter. 
He is the 16th Division I wrestler to earn All-American honors at Old Dominion, the 19th medal, and the 10th under head coach Steve Martin. Larry Early, welcome to the Monarch Matcast, and congratulations on your medal, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Let's just get right into it in terms of what it takes to become a Division I All-American. You're a five-time All-American in Fargo. You're one of the highest-ranked recruits coming out of high school, but Every year, those type of athletes start compiling on on college campuses, and and you look around, and the guys you're battling with at the NCAA championships, they're also top ranked recruits and such. So, how difficult is it coming into a season knowing, okay, yeah, I, I was the one guy once. Now there's 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 thirty three one guys in this weight class, for example. Um, it is difficult. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that that um, that most of the starters are have done the same things as you in high school, you know, high school, at the end of the day, high school really does not matter when it comes to college. You get, you see a lot of kids that, for example, Kassar, who won over the past weekend, who only made it to the state championships once. Um, high school really does not matter whether you're successful or only all right. Uh, it only matters your hard work and dedication coming to college. And so at the end of the day, if you have, if you know that you're training and you've been training your butt off, um, you know, you're going to have the results. And I think that that's mainly the thing because you can have a really good high school wrestler come in and if he's not training and doing the things he's supposed to do, he will not be successful. And that is what's unique about our our sport because it will show. Anthony, you bring up Anthony Kassar because he's a guy, as you said, was a one-time qualifier in New Jersey, one-time state champion, where you, on the other hand, a lot of, lot of pop around you, a lot of, lot of accolades, a lot of things, and, and you're not alone in that regard. And is there additional pressure for 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 say a guy like you to come in with with a lot that he's got to live up to? You know, people if you don't live up to certain billings, people will call you a bust or oh he didn't have the career that you wanted to be. And, and compared to a guy like Asar who is is like you know it's all gold. Whatever he does is is like that plus one for his career. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't any pressure coming into college. Um, you know, just going into my, I mean going into my redshirt year, Flo picked me as. All American my freshman year, so like things like that is it, it puts a lot of pressure on you, especially when you see the things that people want you to live up to and then you don't live up to it. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure on you and gets to your head. But at the end of the day, that's why you have to close your phone, close your laptop, and just not worry about those types of things. Just focus on training. That's what I did all year. Uh, mainly stayed off of the wrestling sites and everything and all the rankings. I didn't look at it. I try, I tried not to look at it as much as possible just so I could focus on what I'm going to do and not see what everybody's commenting and all that stuff and just, you know, stay in my head and, and have the goal in mind. Before we get into the the depths of this year's tournament and, and the ultimate podium finish, I want to go back in time. And when did you first discover the sport of wrestling? Uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, my best friend on the football team, uh, one day at, at uh, school and class, after class, he told me I should travel for the wrestling team that that was his first sport football was my first sport and uh i just told him all right why not and then two weeks later i was wind up beating him i went and started beating him already and uh i just kind of had a knack for it right away and that's just how i got the ball rolling who was that guy and what did he end up doing uh his name is michael piotrowski actually i actually still stay in contact with him every now and then um i know that he's in college somewhere i don't really talk to him a lot but I know he's uh, back home and doing great things with the shoe company, so um, so shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, looking at what came through, and, and for those who are unfamiliar, Oak Park River Forest, where you went to high school, just a, a powerhouse, not just in Illinois, 
but uh, but nationally has produced some really really good talent. Of course, Kamal Bay's been on uh, a world team, and then of course uh, you know Isaiah White placed this year for Nebraska. Of course, guys like Ellis Coleman and Pete Kowalczyk have come through on the Greco ladder. And and what what was it like coming through that program with a guy like Mike Powell who? You know, had to deal with his own demons and his own sickness in, in order to give back to kids. I mean, how much did you guys benefit from his experiences and, as he said, living hard uh, when college to coming in and now coaching kids and making you guys that much better? Uh, it was it was an honor wrestling under Coach Powell and Coach Collins as well. Uh, you know, you mentioned his disease. I mean, that was something that we had to see in front of us. Uh, you know, you'd have an IV connection to him a lot and stuff like that, and you could see it wearing on him a lot uh, when I was really early in high school, freshman, sophomore year. And we just got to use that stuff as motivation to continue. If he can show up to these tournaments, we can too. And why not wrestle your ass off for him? Because he shows that he loves us by waking up every day with that disease and it's aching him. And that means that we, in return, we need to pay him back with wrestling our hearts, whether we win or lose. And it was just mainly a big family connection between all of us. He really felt, he really made us feel like we were family. And till this day, we all do stay in the, the teams that won state titles when I was in high school, my junior and senior year, we also stay in contact with each other uh, because we actually feel like we're family. And a lot of teams in high school mainly don't even, some in college don't stay in contact with each other. And we stay in contact with each other often, like very often because of Coach Powell. And that, that was an honor to wrestle for him. When you first stepped into that room, who, who, what wrestler did you look up to and say, you know, I, I want to wrestle like that guy. I want to be like that guy. Um, the first wrestler I looked up to was Sam Brooks. Uh, I, I was a freshman when he was a, when he was a senior and he instantly took me under his wing right away. Uh, he used to bully me in the room purpose, uh, just cause he, he saw the talent that I had right away. And I remember after I took third, my freshman year, he came back and told me before he left off to Iowa, he told me that I, I should be a three time state champion before I left. And he said, I should be better than him. And that was the guy that I really looked up to when I got there. Um, Ellis as well, because Ellis was around training for Greco. And that was the year he uh, went to the Olympics, actually. It was in 2012. And he was around the room a lot, actually. And so I looked up to him as well. And as as I got older, and Sam Brooks graduated, Devontae Mahomes, who wrestled at Michigan. And I, I looked up to Devontae a lot. That was uh, well, Now he's one of my best friends and one of my homies. But Sam Brooks is probably mainly the guy that I looked up to, to when I, right when I got his Oak Park. And still today, he's one of the, he's still doing very well for himself. And he's proved that he should be one of the guys you should look up to, you know, two time All American. We look at the dynamic of those Oak Park teams. You talk, and it seems like there's a vast spectrum of, of socioeconomic type of uh, athletes and students there. What, what was the dynamic up, you know, like with the team? And, and how did you guys kind of coexist with having, you know, some of you had very similar backgrounds. Some of you had very different backgrounds. I mean, they, we were a very mixed team. Uh, you know, that we had a bunch of guys that were they were goofy. We had nerdy guys. We had solid touring on our team, and we had goofballs on our team. You know, uh, but for the most part, we were all together. You know, even not just even not just the varsity. Our JV uh, team was really good too. And we were really close to them as well. Nobody really realizes, but our JV team probably could have been a varsity starting lineup anywhere else. Um, that didn't, that wasn't our high school. So we were all really, really close. Um, we went on trips together, you know, coach Powell and Collins would have us go on senior trips with them where we were volunteer somewhere, but also at the same time, have a good time and, and spend time with our, with our teammates. 
so our our coaches made it a duty, which coaches don't often do at other schools. They made it a duty for us to get close and be a family, like I said before. Um, so no matter what our backgrounds were, no matter where we were going to college, if we were going to continue wrestling, any of that, they're all super close and tight-knitted. A lot of that carried through in the off season where you guys kind of made your name. And, you know, as guys we've mentioned, like Isaiah Kamal, yourself, Ellis, uh, was a little older, is, is in Fargo, that off season wrestling. How much did it help you guys to really move to that next level to say, all right, it's not just freestyle, but also, I mean, you've got a Greco title, uh, you know, to, to your credit as well. I mean, those international styles of wrestling, how did it help your high school wrestling and how did it help you get recruited to the next level? Oh, it helped a lot, big time. I think that is one of the best things that anybody could do and now even now in college i mean if you if you don't wrestle over the summer um folks all the entire time that that's really you really should be focusing on freestyle i think and, and greco as well a lot of people sleep on greco and don't think that it's um very beneficial but it is i mean it's not often that you'll ever see me get thrown the only thing i've ever been thrown in is a headlock you know because that's that's all up to luck but i know how to wrestle over body with anybody because of my greco background and that's all due because of Coach Powell and Collins and our other coaches, Jeremy Powell, all getting on us about wrestling over the summer. It wasn't, I mean, there was, it was a choice, but it was more of like, hey, you guys need to wrestle if you guys want to win a state title next year. You need to learn every position. And that's what wrestling should be about. You should be wrestling all three styles if you can, especially in high school when your body's not, when your body's more healthy and everything. You should definitely be wrestling all three styles. And Medlin, got me into the Greco and everything and that that's just an opportunity that I took and ran with it um, because it was very beneficial and especially for freestyle. Greco helps you with the freestyle because now nobody wants to go upper body with you and especially everybody's scared of upper body and folk style. So we really just have to run with it and start training with it and get so you can get comfortable in those positions, you know. Come out of high school, you ultimately chose the University of Minnesota. You spent a redshirt year there. Uh, then some incidents happened, and so to speak, and, and you and some other folks were looking for, for a place to land. Uh, when you come through that situation, and some people can look at you as damaged goods, what made you choose ODU? And, and I guess how difficult was the process to say, all right, I've got to find a new home. Uh, you know, Were teams looking at you as damaged goods, or, or you know, how was the recruiting process like when it was time to say, you know what, I, I've got to find a new home? Uh, the recruiting process actually was very much like high school. Uh I don't think anybody, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm not, I'm not dumb. I'm sure that people were considering me damaged goods because of what happened. And that's, that's something that's on me personally. But when they approached me and were contacting me, it was just like high school. Hey, we want you to come here. We need you. And it was more like they, they needed me, you know? Uh, and that's what it seemed like with every school that approached me. Um, but ultimately it came down to ODU because of Mike Dixon. Uh, and Steve Barton. Uh, Dixon was very close friends with Coach Powell in high school. And me and my dad talked to Coach Powell and used him. Like I said, Coach Powell is his family to me. And we, me and my dad used him as um, someone to, to guide where I should be uh, going to college, my next college decision. Just the same with Minnesota. Um, and I still talk to Coach Powell every other week about wrestling. So we went to him and he guided us. And I ultimately chose ODU. And because of Mike Dixon and Steve, and he just he thought that that was the best. This was the best place for me, and I took his word for it. And when I came out here for a visit, I liked Steve. I liked his intensity, and Mike Dixon. I've known him since since I was in high school, so it just felt a little natural for me to be out here. You know, 
And we know Dixon left to go back to his alma mater at Indiana. Daryl Thomas came in, a guy that's from Illinois, coached, uh, wrestled at Illinois, and Steven Rodriguez added to the staff another All-American from Illinois. So even with Coach Dixon left, how familiar were you with, with Coach Thomas and Coach Rodriguez uh, when that, that change happened? Um, I've known Coach Thomas for a little bit, not too much. Uh, you know, he's from southern, very, very south, southern Illinois. Um, kind of make fun of him. He might as well be from Missouri. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, he's from he's from really southern Illinois, so I, I really didn't uh, I, I didn't really know him when I was in high school and everything. But I did know his name just because he wrestled for Illinois, and uh, Illinois was on my top five list of schools to go to. So I watched him wrestle a lot, and I just watched wrestling on high school period. So I, and I also knew S. Ross before um, he got here. Me and S. Ross knew each other through wrestling. Um, so when they came here, it was great. Uh, S. Ross turned into my partner. You know, Makati's always been my partner, but S. Ross really changed, turned into my partner to go to because he was more of my weight class than Makati. Um, so that felt, that was great when he came here and, and Daryl fit right in, you know, we love Dixon, but Daryl, when he get, when he got here, he fit, he fit right in, uh, like a perfect glow. So, and I, I love the fact that he's here, you know, when you got here, was it, was it kind of a, uh, I mean, obviously you had to start over, but that first season, you didn't have enough matches to really qualify for a bid. You knew you had to, to beat some guys. You might've been a little rusty. having have it only one semester. Uh, was it a disappointment to not qualify that freshman year? And what did you do in the off season to kind of rectify that moving into last year? Um, it was, it was disappointing uh, not making it into Blaze uh, when I when I uh, transferred here. But at the same time, I knew in the back of my head I didn't give it all my full potential because when I was transferring, I didn't have, I wasn't training anywhere in the in a college room, uh, so I wasn't at my best. And me and Steve knew that. We knew we weren't. I wasn't at my best. I wasn't completely in shape while I was doing everything uh, because of the situation that I had put myself in. So um, I was disappointed, but like I didn't fall on that. You know, I just got back up and started training again because I knew, all right, I kind of wasted this season, but I know for a fact that I can, if I would have gave him all, I would have been there. And so uh, with the time I had, I, I made do, but you know, I just didn't have enough matches and. Whatever happened at Max happened. So that uh, me and Steve got back in the room. And I started training my butt off, and that's just what I had to do. Uh, and then obviously this upcoming year, it, it showed. You know, uh, beating Hibley right away, uh, beginning the season, it, it just showed that uh, what I could do. Yeah, two and two last year at Nationals, then an All American finish. Finished twenty five and seven officially because uh, that loss to D'Angelo t- t- did not actually count this year because he was not enrolled. So uh, we'll just knock that one off there. But you end up being an All American, finishing eighth. Uh, you make the quarterfinals, where uh, you know with with your path there, looking at the draw, you know, kind of reading what people were expecting. Like, okay, there's there's Larry Early as the number seven seed. A lot of people had you getting upended early. Uh, Might have been because of the name Quincy Monday. You'd wrestled him tight earlier in the year. Or the fact that Steve Blyes from Minnesota was just this guy never quits. Um, so you know, what was your confidence level going into the championships? And and you said you'd shut out all that social media and all the all the all the chatter. But uh, did you sense any doubt from the outside for you going into that tournament? I had no doubt, no doubt at all. Um, I I had no thought about losing at the NCAA tournament whatsoever, including the NOLP. And that's just something you need to tell yourself. People might call me crazy, but I feel like if you're not telling yourself that, then you're selling yourself short no matter who you are. Um, so in my head, I thought that I was winning the NCAA tournament. That's just the way I, I mentally prepared myself, and whoever stepped across the line was going to get my all no matter who they were. 
And if I came up short, then I came up short, but I wasn't going to be disappointed about it. Um, so with Monday, you know, that was in the season, uh, then I had a close match with them, but, uh, I just, I just opened up and worked on my top game as well. And I opened up the first time in the match. And also I'm sure because shout out to him because, uh, I am friends with his brother and everything. He's a great wrestler, but you know, he's a, he's a freshman and, uh, I'm happy that he made that as a freshman, but I knew at the same time it was going to get to his head being out there in a big crowd. My, also my second time being there. You know, uh, and then with Blize, it just, I knew he wrestled hard. He's a great wrestler, um, but I just knew that I was going to wrestle harder. It That's what it came down to. And it also came down to tactics. We both know a lot of Greco. He's a big, big Greco guy. Uh, even though I know a lot of Greco, I don't really put myself out there for throws uh, on other people. But I know he's like that. And we basically just came down to tactics with, with Blize. Um, so I wrestled a very smart match versus him. And I just came out on top. I knew that as long as I stayed in certain positions, he wasn't ever going to take me down in the first place. So uh, that was just a very strategical match that I wrestled with. Anything in the back of your mind? I mean, even though Blyze was not your teammate at Minnesota, he transferred in after you had left. Is there any, you know, getting a win over a gopher, is that kind of a fist pump or is that just what it is? Uh, I think it, it, it's kind of a fist pump in whatever. It, it's whatever at the same time. Um, I have all of the respect as well for the Minnesota coaches, Becker and Agam. And everybody that the whole coaching staff is there, they treated me well when I was there. And um, I stay in contact with them over the summers because I go back and visit Minnesota every now and then. And I train with them. Um, so I have all the respect for them in the world. But, you know, I know that uh, there are a lot of Minnesota chirping about how maybe it was good. After I didn't qualify for NCAAs my, when I transferred here, there was a lot of chirping about how maybe I should have transferred. So it was good to just shut them up about that. I think it was more towards the fans to shut them up about that. But the coaching staff, you know, I have all the respect for them in the world. Uh, and, and the team, the team as well, the Minnesota team as well. So, but no matter who was going to step across the line, I was going to be what I care who, what, what school they had on their chest. Moving to the quarterfinals, Russell Tyler Berger from Nebraska, who, uh, who also had a bit of confidence, although he aired it publicly, you know, saying he's, he's going to collect some heads and uh, he's coming after the last one being Jason Nolf. He took a little bit of a flack for it, but again, um, I, I, my buddies at blood round said that, uh, you know, you don't go into the NCAA tournament saying, Oh man, I want to get to the finals and take second. So you got to have some, some degree of confidence and cockiness and, and self-confidence in there. But uh, what was the difference between, uh, you know, the, the matches here with Tyler Berger? This is a guy you've wrestled with, uh, you know, a bunch of times in the past. I mean, he's, he's scrappy. He's tough. He's, he's stingy. Uh, what, what could you have done differently to win that match and make the semifinals? Um, I think that it was more of, uh, uh, the first period, you know, the first period he, he, he got me on a takedown and, and kind of, I'm not going to lie, kind of my elbow popped in that match and I shouldn't be making excuses for it because I should be getting off the bottom. But, uh, when he was trying to turn, my elbow popped. And I think that once my elbow popped, that kind of like mentally was kind of just worried about my elbow instead of worrying about the match, which I should have been. Uh, I don't know I can beat him. He's a great wrestler, but I know I'm, my abilities, I'm able to beat him. But uh, I think I was focused on the wrong things midway through the match, uh, which I shouldn't have been. You know, I get written down in the third period, and that that never happens to me. You written down in the third period. If I've ever gotten written down, it's never been in the third period because I don't need to get up. But it was just mental. I think at the end of the match, towards the end of the match, um, and if I wrestled that again, it would be a totally different match, I believe. But he's a great wrestler, and um, shout out to him for, for for coming through with that match. 
drop into the blood round. You got uh, a guy a lot of people don't know about, Justin Thomas from Oklahoma, and you're doing the math in your head. You're looking at the match ends, and it's, Larry, I got to say, man, that was an ugly, ugly win, but you got on the podium with 59 seconds of riding time uh, against. I mean, that was that was by the thinnest of margins. I mean, I guess you'll take it, right? You got on the podium with it. Yeah. Um, so in that match, I didn't realize that uh, – that he would come down, it would come down to that. And I, saw, I saw that I had a minute, but it was really quick. In a match, you have to figure out things really quick. And so I saw I had a minute of riding time. Um, so I knew that I'd, I'd be fine for the most part, but I didn't realize that uh, it came down that quick to his riding time. But at the same time, I took him down three times. I controlled the entire match. So I knew that if it, if it did go into overtime, I, I would be fine. I'd be perfectly fine. My head would be straight, and I would just take him down again. He didn't touch my legs once. He wasn't on any offensive shots, you know, so I would have been A-OK going into overtime with that kid, and I would have came out with another W either way. But that is an ugly W, and I, would have to, <laughs> I, I, I will admit that. I admit, uh, I admit it where it's at. <laughs> you know, because I can't, I can't do any fist pumps from the table where I sit. I, gotta, I sit there and wear that NCAA badge. I gotta, I gotta be, uh, I, I'm not an old Dominion alum in that respect, in some, <laughs> some respect. But, you know, you know, mentally, OK, I sit there. OK, there's one. Steve got another one. You know, Larry, you're here for the first time. And then, you know, is it, what's that feeling like? Is a sigh of relief knowing that, you know, you've had these accolades and, and you're finally there? Is it excitement? Do, what happens? You get your hand raised and you hear, you know, all American from Old Dominion, Larry Early over the PA system. That was all fire. It was, it was all fire. It was, it was excitement that I've actually never felt before. Um, it was, it's a lot different than even winning a Fargo national title or winning state. It was, it was a lot different. This is something that, you know, I was watching on TV when I was little, watching everybody All American, and and knowing that I wanted to go somewhere D one and All American do the same thing, and eventually win a national title. Um, so actually being here in this spot that I was looking at ten years ago, you know, it feels good and it felt really good. Um, it was a feeling that I've never felt before, and I'm gonna keep this feeling forever. But at the same time, after this, after this week, a week or two, you know, you got to take that and cover it up and just just have a new head and just wanting to win a national title instead of just All-American. Closing out with a loss to Christian Pagdala of Arizona State. I mean, uh, you you not got knocked off by Deacon in the Concy quarters. A guy had beaten you earlier in the year. And, you know, so you, you go from that that high, that rise, okay, I've placed, and then you got to go right at it with another guy who had just come off that type of win. I mean, bouncing back, you know, how, does, how do you respond as an athlete or how difficult is it to come off that high and then sit there and go, crap, I got this guy who's tough as hell. Um, it actually wasn't, to be honest with you, it might sound crazy, but it, I was a-okay with that. Um, after all American, it, it, the nerves were gone. There were zero nerves and no matter who I face, you know, and probably for everybody else, you do get a little nervous no matter what, like the natural nerves are there, but you make it into excitement. After I all American in, in the blood round, there were zero nerves. I didn't think there weren't, there was nothing there except for excitement to win the match that I didn't care about possibly losing or anything like that it was just all all excitement and just resting my hardest and i came out there uh if you watch the match i came out there moving very hard and one of the fakes that i got he he got instant deacon instantly got him out like from that and it was all within the first period every all the points were scored in the first period and uh after that yeah i was on him i was on him like a bull but you know and the results are what they are but uh there weren't there weren't any nerves from after after the blood round, like any at all, uh, I just went out there and wrestled my hardest. And same with Paglio, he got a takedown in the first and just wrestled a very the six year senior and wrestled a very strategic match after that. He didn't want to 
he didn't really want to wrestle after that, after that first takedown. Um, but you know, I can't blame him. He got the first takedown on me. I can't let people get in on my legs, you know. And uh, I got in on about four shots on that in that match and didn't finish any of them. Uh, and that was more of a, a hamstring issue. But at the same time, I got to finish differently than I have to switch it up if I'm hurt. So, and in the end of the day, it is what it is, you know. And you just gotta gotta live with it and change it next year. Stepping on that podium, you know, the, the team had ups and downs this year. There were there was some a run where the team seemed to be, you know, hitting on all cylinders. Then injury one happens, injury two happens. Uh, you know, you take some some weird losses during the year based on, you know, you get you get popped pretty hard against BC LaPrat at the Virginia Duels. You drop one to Logan mm-hmm. Parks that, that people were scratching their head about, the Mac loss. So when you look at your entire season and put it in perspective, yes, March is what matters, but uh how would you rate your performance over the course of the season, and, and and what do you want to improve on the most next year? I think my season overall was was fantastic. Uh, I had a lot more actual points scored this year than last year in my wins, um, and and this year, the, last year, I had an issue with getting tired. I did not get tired in any matches except for the match against Logan Parks when I came back from my injury, um, when I came back from my elbow in, injury uh, before Reno. Um, I was a lot. I was really out of shape in that match. Um, but aside from that, uh, you know, my gas tank was used to my ability. Except last year, it was more of I didn't really have a gas tank as well as I should have. And I was scoring a lot more points this year, you know. And with the losses that came, you know, they happened. I lost a two of there. Happens every now and then. And it's more of just like bouncing back from it. And actually, sometimes the losses help you. It helps you. Uh, it helps you change things that you didn't realize you were doing before, and everything. So, it's it's uh it's I took I took it for I took it as as, as I don't know I think with a grain of salt really, and you know just take the losses and you, and you just keep moving and you just wrestle harder. Uh, and the Mac loss, um, there are a lot of things that happened in that match. Uh, if you saw that, there was a lot of things that happened in that match, but that is what it is. I knew that going into the comp, the NCAA's that. I would be the one on the All-American uh, podium and probably not my opponent that I wrestled in the conference finals. But, um, you know, it just happens. He can take that that conference win for himself. But uh, I'll just take the All-American medal. I'd rather that. There's a lot of talk from the NCAAs against, uh, about guys that are coming off with, with losses and such. You know, Miles Martin was, was a national champion as a freshman and finished career as a four-time All-American. And, you know, the, the word circulating about how, how his dad, uh, was on Twitter and, and being a supportive dad. And, and your dad has been a guy that's been on the message boards for years, you know, as Papa Bear Slim. He's, he's, he's not really, uh, been a guy that's, you know, kind of held back his opinion, but he's also had a way of saying it that never came off as, as trash talk. And even his name even came up on the Iowa message boards about, Hey, hey, hit this guy post here. Congrats to your son. You know, what, what was that first conversation like with, with your dad after coming off the podium? Um, it was great. I mean, it was more, I more had talked with him after the blood round. Um, and my mom, uh, I ran up, I ran up to my mom after the blood round and she cried. Uh, and that was a very special moment. Um, because the, the ride I've been through has not been alone. And, you know, it's been my parents as well. My parents have been right here with me every step of the way. Um, and they've been here for me. So everything that I've been through, uh, in the past, my parents have been there for me and they've been helping me be here like without my parents without my parents and what they've been telling me the past couple of years i would not be an all-american right now no matter how hard i've been training no matter the work that i put in i would not be here without 
the motivation of my parents and what they've been telling me. Um, so the conversation, my mom was, was pretty quick, but she cried right away. And she was telling me she was proud. And with my dad, he's told me what he's been telling me all year. He said, if you do the right thing, do every little thing, right. You'll be here. And he was right. Um, I, I listened to him. I finally matured and I listened to him. I did everything right this year and, and it, it, look where it got me, you know, uh, there's obviously some things I could have changed. He instantly told me, he instantly told me I need to work off, off bottom right away. Uh, my dad's one of those jokers where he doesn't care, uh, what happened, but he'll instantly tell me what I need to do so I get better. And then, uh, we were watching the hit play milk match and he was just letting me know he couldn't, couldn't wait to see me in the semis in the finals next year. So, uh, you know, he'll, he'll critique me and at the same time congratulate me. That's something that, uh, there's a certain bond that me and my dad has. You know, you got the top returning place winner is highly. He did finish fourth after, you know, Nolf graduates, Berger graduates, Pantelio graduates, and that's a guy you've beaten. And Old Dominion has had two guys wrestle in the Division One National Championship Finals, Jody Staler and Ryan Williams. And how much thought have you given right now to be to trying to become Old Dominion's first ever NCAA Division One champion? I've been thinking about that since I transferred here. Uh not really the not really when I the second semester when I transferred here. But really, last year, ever since last year, I've been thinking about becoming the first national champ for ODU, and uh, that's a, a big goal of mine. Um, you know, I want to be a national champ no matter what, but becoming the ODU's first national champ, that would be something extremely special. And um, I'm really pumped to do that next year, and that's really that's my ultimate goal. What have you learned most about yourself since coming to Old Dominion? What What is it about the school that's really kind of helped you? You said you, you've grown up a bit. I mean, what about that? has been uh, attributed to Coach Martin and Norfolk's campus in, in, in itself? You know, it's just, there's just something, you know, I don't want to look back. You know, there's a lot of fun that, that can happen in college and stuff like that. And, you know, that happened in my past. But there's, there's, I don't look back and, and ask why I'm not here a certain, I'm not a certain place because I, I couldn't mature in my 20s, you know. So um, just taking, it, taking that with a grain of salt with Steve Martin and Daryl, uh, talking to me and, and maturing more. You know, when I transferred here, I still wasn't the most mature kid. And last year, I became an official leader of the team, one of the official leaders of the team. And now, you know, I'm at the I'm at the top for the team. You know, everybody's looking up to me to do the right thing. And you know, I want I want a national ranked team. You know, it's not just I take it selfishly that I want a nationally ranked team. I want my team to be the best that out here, and I want my team to beat Mizzou. Mizzou. I honestly believe. That we have the abilities and the potential to beat Mizzou. It's more of uh, the little things that we need to do, do right. And in order for that, I can't tell them that without doing the right things. I can do the right things while getting on them about it. About it. So, um, you know, I just want to be the leader that, that Sam Brooks was when I was in high school. And looking at, I want people to look up to me the correct way. So it's more for, it's not just me personally. It's more for I want everybody else to do the right things as well. And in order that for that to happen, I need to be a changed person than who I was in Minnesota. When it comes to academics, you know, what, what what's your field of study, and what are you liking about the coursework at Old Dominion? Uh, major leadership in my minor sports management. Um, I really want to be uh, into sales when I'm done, or in, in, in something in the in the leader category because I feel like I am a natural leader, uh, and especially coming here to OD. Um, so. I don't know exactly where I'll be working after after college, but you know I'll have a job right away. You know I'm not going to be uh, sitting around. Uh, I'm I'm actually really pumped to to be out in the work field. Um, but I just I just want to be in sales. I know that for a fact. That 
But besides that, I'm not really sure, you know. I'm kind of mainly focused on finishing out this next season, and I know opportunities will come to me uh, the more successful I am. When we look at the news that's come up this past uh, off season, it had been kind of a long rumored, uh, you know, probably one of the worst kept secrets in wrestling that uh, the Mid American Conference, which already has a number of, of affiliate members, is going to uh, absorb what's left of the Eastern Wrestling League and create this giant 16, 17 team super conference under the MAC name. That's going to add a lot of teams. It's going to make uh, the dynamic a little different. Most of the Eastern Confer- Eastern Division is going to be the old EWL, which is the PSAC teams, George Mason, ODU in there. And basically, the schedule is going to look a lot different, even though there's still going to be those teams from the Midwest that that is a recruiting draw for for you guys from Illinois to come to ODU. So uh, what are your initial thoughts on the, the MAC-EWL merger and what that's going to look like for next year? Um, I think that's dope. Uh, I, I think that it's a good thing for us. It's a good thing for all of us. I mean, more than likely to create more qualifying spots for more people. Um, because, you know, the MAC normally doesn't have too many spots. This year, we actually had a, a, a decent amount um, compared to the years in the past, I think the, when I transferred here in last year, I only had two spots, two or three spots in my, my class. This year, we had five in my class, my weight class. Um, and it'll just bring more, uh, and it'll bring more competition for us. Uh, it'll be, I think it'll be really good for, for my team specifically, getting the, um, these matches in with them. And I think it's just good for our conference overall and getting more hype underneath, uh, the Mac and, we're not just considered some small conference anymore uh, with getting these teams. What's the conversation been like since uh, since you, McHale, and Sedarian have come back from the NCAAs? You know, a lot of returning guys coming back on the team next year. Could be a real, real good se- good season. Uh, you know, on paper, it looks like you guys could start the year nationally ranked in, in the dual meet poll. So uh, do you guys, have you guys already set out team goals for next year? Not at the moment. We have not set out team goals. We're actually going to do that this weekend. Um, but we already we already know the team goes, uh, and that, and that's to be nationally ranked in the top 15 next year. Um, and to keep it, to keep it moving, um, and to get multiple, multiple Americans next year, we, we definitely should have had more than just three people made it to the, uh, to the big show this year. But, um, you know, that just proved that you can't just rustle your butt off at the conference tournament. You got to rustle, rustle your butt off every match throughout the season. And, um, that's what we're planning on doing. I think the guys, like our transfers, Tim Young, you know, and some of our freshmen and younger guys, we have a very young team. I think they realize that um, you need to bring your all every single match instead of just the conference tournament. Um, so I think with the experience behind our team this past year and, and getting the behind them and, and me coming back as an All-American and Mikhail making it to the blood round and Perry already being an All-American, I think that'll bring some boost underneath uh, the underclassmen's butts and the upper upperclassmen, we're here already. So... We're mentally here and we're ready for it. I think there's just the underclassmen that need to pick it up a bit. I think this will boost it up big time, like big, big time. So um, I have a good feeling going to next year. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.